want to hear something scary. Nope. No, no, no. No. God. Please. No. 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 You swoon, you sigh, why deny it? Oh, oh, it's too cliche. I won't say I'm in love. Oh, oh. (laughs) get it, boy, get it. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Feeling like Meg from Hercules today. Looking like Meg from Hercules. Thank you. Is it my long flowing hair or my tiny waist and big hips? (laughs) Yeah, it's your big hips. Yeah. That's Sashay. Sure. Sashay. <laughs> All right. And welcome to All, All the Nopes, the Nopes podcast. podcast. I am your ookie spooky. <gasps> I switched it. Ookie spooky spooky. Spooky ookie host, Luna. And I am joined by my true crime husband, Nick. Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first solo episode of The Paranormal. Yeah. Where Luna's going to tell me her first solo paranormal topic. Ooh. Are you doing that again? Yeah. That's this paranormal noise. That's, yeah, that's Do my... I need to like make that a sound <laughs> Probably effect? Probably not so that because I can... it's not good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to talk about paranormal? What about what happened to me last night? What happened to you last night? Well, it wasn't paranormal, but with the spider. Oh, I mean, it's pretty creepy. So we were giving, we have a, a hedgehog named Citrine. Yeah. She's my little like munchkin. And we frequently have to give her baths because she poops on herself as well. Well, that's as not why trim... we give her baths. Well, we give her baths because before playtime, I like to put her in the bath so that she just goes to the bathroom in the water so she doesn't get it on my bed or clothes or anything like yeah. that. But we also have to trim her nails because she literally looks like an old man who can't reach down and yeah, trim her they grow trim his so nails. long. They get so long. And so like it's a two-person activity trying to hold this little prickly ball and yeah. also trim its toenails. So usually Nick will hold her and I'll take, we have like these little baby like nail clippers and I'll try to get them underneath and clip them. It's worked so far for us. Um, it's but a struggle, but it's it worked. But last night, so Nick's holding her and I'm leaning over and I can feel something like on my neck and I'm like, oh, it must be my hair. Well, I recently just cut all my hair off. So that like thought went through and I was like, oh, it's not my hair. And I can feel it crawling up my neck. So I turn to Nick and I go, Nick, mm. is something on me? And he goes, mm, don't freak out. <laughs> so I immediately Which get, you immediately freaked out. No, I didn't. I got really hot and I was like, what is it? What is it? And I already knew in my head what it was. And he's like, just take your shirt off. And in my mind, I'm like, no, because if I take my shirt off, I'm going to like the act of taking, removing something off of your head is going to hit your neck and it's going to fall onto me even further. So I was like, I'm not taking it off. Just get it off. Well, I was doing my best because I, I, I had to still make sure that I had a hand on citrine so she wouldn't crawl off of the... The sink. Yeah. But I'm all... So I'm freaking out. So I finally like whip my shirt off. So it goes missing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like it's gone. Maybe I killed it. I hope I didn't. I just can't find it. And Nick goes, well, I don't know what a brown recluse looks like. So maybe we should be careful where we step. I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was just. <sighs> I tried my best. Okay, I was I just wanted juggling him to a lot swat of balls. It. I just wanted him to swat I it off because it was in that little. It was right in that little like crook of your neck, like right underneath. No, I yeah. felt it crawling it its right little there. legs up my neck. It was not a brown recluse. I looked it up on Google after, and we were both safe. But 
It definitely was pretty freaky and Ugh. not super fun to deal with. My shirt is still on the floor in the bathroom. I will not touch it. Actually, I think I picked it up. Did I pick it up? I think I picked it up. And that is our laundry segment of all the notes. (laughs) (laughs) But regardless, I didn't kill the spider. We didn't find it, but it was pretty spooky and creepy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So So what is your... uh, So without further ado, I will go into my episode, which this is the first exorcism that I have covered here on all the notes. And I'm not going to lie. It was very creepy looking into it and researching. Um, Yeah, you seem like you were struggling with doing the research on this one. Well, the only thing with this is there's this is one of the most well-known documented exorcisms. But with that being said, there are some timeline lapses where... All the information happened, but it is unclear as to in what, what order. order of some of the things. Um, I feel like that's pretty typical for these older, older stories. What what time? So actually, what this era? wasn't that. Well, it was 1906. Okay, so that's. I mean, that's still old enough where the details of the story would obviously be mm. taken down. But sometimes, you know, the order of things get a little mixed up in, yeah. in the translation. So mind but. you, I, I did my best to like kind of figure out a solid timeline yep. um, with the sources that I had. So this is what I got. Okay. It is the exorcism of Clara Germana Sale. That's a beautiful name. Mm, very, very beautiful. Is it so, a beautiful story? <laughs> Why do I feel like what your term every of single time is. we ask something like that, it's just followed by like an exasperated sigh yeah. of like, well, well, the nature of this well, stuff is not is, super great. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Oh, absolutely. Um, Clara. Clara. So if you had to pick, would you pick Clara or... Tilly, if you were going to name your cat. Clara? Clara? Tilly. Clara. Clara, it could be like cat Clars. Tilly Clara. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Love it. New band name, I call it. Okay. <laughs> so she was the first modern possession case to have a large number of witnesses of over 170 people witnessing from the beginning of her uh, possession all the way until the end of her exorcism. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. So... Let's go back into like her background a little bit. Okay. So she was an orphan and she was brought to, she was orphaned at four. So I'm not sure. I couldn't find out. I mean, I don't know why, but I feel like that's worse. And they're older. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think anybody being orphaned at any time is not fun, but like, I feel like if you're a toddler and you can kind of understand that something goes on. But do so. Do we know? Like, did so her we, parents surrender her? Did we her don't know. Die? We don't okay. know much about her background except okay. that she was of Bantu descent. Okay. And I want to say that just because if you Google Clara Germana Sale, yeah, you're gonna see this rando Caucasian woman going rando? through. Yeah, it's hip. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna see this rando Caucasian woman who appears to be going through an exorcism. It, that's not Clara. Clara hmm. was of Bantu descent. Um, I'm not sure where, you know, this picture came from or why it's correlated with her name. Maybe it's um, because of like the movie, The Exorcism. Possibly, and there's like a white girl possibly. as the main character from um, that. So like just gets like history, like blurred the lines and like meshed like the first know. actual historical one with this picture of a white girl I think girl it's stupid, but it's it's not her. Okay, fair so, enough. So um, I've done some research. No one really has a picture of Clara from that time. Okay. Um, however, there is one photograph, which was more of a sketch, not really a photograph of the mission that she was at. Yeah. 
and in the in the front of the mission you can see an african woman and some people theorize that maybe that clara but there's no solidity to it so we really don't know what she looks like so if you google her that is not her just so you know okay um so she was orphaned at four and brought to saint michael's mission in south africa the location of the mission wasn't quite clear in my research some people said that it was in natal south africa and others said that it was in umbunstu umbinstu umbinstu in bin- Binstu. Yeah. Which I feel like these are got, some of these names are going to be a little tough. Just these two. Okay. Um, so, it, so it has been. I struggle with American names. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, African provinces. So sorry if I'm butchering it, but basically um, it was said that this mission was either in one of these. Two locations. Two locations. Yeah. But they're about an hour from each other. So, it you know, at least it's pretty, pretty close. So, so the location's a little iffy. Yeah. Um, but it's said to be in that generalized area. Okay. So she was brought to the mission at age four. She was baptized when she was brought there and she lived pretty much a normal childhood. Um, she grew up in the mission. She had a very religious upbringing, Obviously. as you could imagine, yep. growing up in a mission. Yep. Um, but she was based, she was overall said to be very kind, very sweet and a very caring girl. Okay. So in 1906, Father Aramis Horner, he was a German, German born priest, arrives at St. Michael's mission. He served in many missions across Africa he is pretty well known as a priest in the okay. area. Um, so he comes to the mission to work as a confessor. So the girls who lived there and they went there, they do with confession him. with okay. him. Um, and he was also a priest. So he, so he tells you know, them how many Hail Marys they need to do or whatever. I guess so. Yeah. Um, I don't <laughs> like really know much. I, I know nothing about. <laughs> that is what you do when you go to confession. Love. I'm like, sure. Uh, whatever you say. Yeah. But yeah, Ahimsa. so Ahimsa, that's what I know. Um, doesn't really apply, but okay. I guess so, in a sense. But it's supposed to be. I mean, yeah. the basic principle of most religions is Ahimsa. Like, you would hope, do no harm. Right. But upon his first meeting of Clara, she's very joyous and cheerful. So he meets her um, right before she six, turns 16. Okay. Her birthday's in June. He meets her in the beginning of the year. So right. he gets to know her for a couple of months before her 16th birthday. Well, the day of her 16th birthday, mm-hmm. she starts to feel uncomfortable. She's telling people she doesn't feel right in her body. Um, she's a little moody on that day. And people just kind of write it off as her being a 16-year-old girl. Okay. So the night of her 16th birthday, she's laying in bed and she yells out for help and begs the nuns to run into her room. So two nuns come running into her room and she immediately requests that the father visits her because she has to make a confession. Okay. She tells him that she made a pact with the devil and she needs to confess. So this is a direct quote from her that was recorded. All right. Sister, please call Father Erasmus. I must confess and tell everything. But quick, quick, or Satan will kill me. Oh, he has me in his power. Nothing blessed is with me. So, the so nuns... is, that, is that her admission to making a deal with the devil? So that's her saying... That's her saying that she needs help from the priest. But like from that, I'm not getting like I made a deal with the devil. So this is basically her telling them I'm going to make a deal with the devil. Oh, okay. This is her like preemptively saying like I'm having these feelings and thoughts. This is what I want to do. This is my confession. As I go on to say so one of the nuns runs out to go find Father Erasmus. He arrives and tends to Clara, calms her down, you know, soothes her and starts listening to her confession. Okay. So she tells him that she wants to make a pact with the devil, stating, I "I am lost. I have confessed and taken communion under false pretenses. Satan is calling me. So she's laying in bed on her birthday telling 
this priest, you know, this is what I want to do. I see. Essentially. The father just kind of brushes her off and writes it off as her being a young teen with imagination and life goes on. So I will say, um, I feel like that that's sort of something that I can relate to, especially being brought up being Catholic. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like to a certain extent, you feel like anytime, and and this could have just been me, but like, I felt like anytime I would even have a thought of something negative, like not like I wanted to do something negative, just like the Mm -hmm. thought of like, Ooh, what if that person died or something like that? Mm -hmm. And like, it's just the thought in your head and you immediately associate based on your conditioning that like you are thinking something evil Mm -hmm. and like you are doing something wrong in the eyes of the Lord or something. And so I can see how somebody who was raised in that environment to sort of believe that every single thing that you need to do has to be kind of in the eyes of God, like the correct direction to move in. Like, Mm -hmm. even if you're like, I feel like I'm taking communion and like, I don't know how much I believe in it. Like that can be equated to like, I'm, I am being tempted by the devil to Mm -hmm. not believe in the Lord. You know what I mean? No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand what that means at all because every bad thought that I've ever had. Didn't you take communion under false pretenses? I don't know. Was that like when I walked up with my hands and and I put the little bread thing in my mouth? It's supposed to be the body of Christ, my dear. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm I I don't mean to offend anybody, but I am down for a midday snack. Oh my god. <laughs> no, no, I didn't know what I was doing. That was like that time that I had to remember I had to say a speech. We were dating for a year and Wasn't I had to say a speech at so your you cousin's wedding. Yeah. So I went up and apparently you're supposed to bow. Yeah, to you're supposed priest, to bow at the altar. I curtsied. I went right up and I, <laughs> I curtsied to the priest or the pope or. It's who, not the pope. The pope lives who in is the it? Vatican. The it's the priest. I curtsied to the priest. I got up and said a speech in front of a whole family that I didn't really know, and then I curtsied back on my way down to my seat. There you go. So <laughs> I don't really know. Clearly, really steeped in Catholicism. I, <laughs> I'm not well versed at all. I Your should face do more is getting research. A little red. Just I don't want to offend anybody, but I just, I really have no idea. So yeah. So she, it, she gets written off as just being this like young girl. She doesn't know what she's okay, talking fair about. Fair enough. But during the next couple weeks after that confession, Clara starts acting a little confused, like a little dazed. Like disoriented? So just, kind of. Type? Yeah. Okay. So in July of 1906, a month after her birthday, Clara again approaches the father and presents him with a, it's a document. She presents him a document stating, I have made a pact with the devil. Oh, wow. So So this went from like, I'm having some trouble with communion and I feel like the devil's tempting me to, here is my written contract. Which I I looked so like all over the internet to see if I could find like a photograph of what the contract was. I couldn't find it anywhere, which is just so upsetting. Yeah. But she apparently just presented him with this documentation saying like, this is now my pact with the devil. Okay, wow. So, that has that escalated pretty quickly. You would think. So the father took the document, looked it over, and again was just like, you're a child. And like threw the document away. This isn't legally binding. Yeah. Like <laughs> he just didn't pay her any mind at all. I thought he was supposed to be a good priest. There there wasn't any question of his morality in the research that I did. Yeah. But 
It is kind of funny because towards the end of my research, you find out she tells him multiple times in advance that yeah. like this is going to happen. And each time and she tells in multiple people too. Suspect, so like, like the first night she tells the two nuns and she tells him and, and it kind of gets brushed away. This is now her second time yeah. being like, this is what is happening. And he kind of just brushes it away. Okay. So after July of 1906, life just kind of goes on. Clara continues being, you know, still kind of confused and a little bit not herself. Hmm. Um, people are just chalking it up to her being 16. So then every 16 year old ends up making a deal with I the guess devil so, at one yeah. point or another. Who doesn't? So on August 20th of 1906, six weeks after Clara's first episode of her being in the bed, calling okay. out for yep. Father Aramis, two nuns run into Clara's room when they hear loud screaming and a commotion. Okay. This is when when stuff really starts to kick off. Oh, jeez. It's pretty quick. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty much over like a two-month span, so to speak. Because in July, in June, she has these thoughts. Then in July, she presents him with the documentation. And then in August, August. it's like, here it here is. It's popping off. Here it is. I'm okay. here, baby. So when they when the nuns get to her room, they find her curled up on her bed. Her clothes have been completely torn and shredded, oh. and the bed frame is completely broken. Wow. So they're obviously very alarmed. They're like, what's happening? What's going on? They run in to try to see like what's, what's happened to her, if she's hurt. And she confesses to them, and this is another direct quote, that I had thrown away all of my rosaries and crosses and that in doing so, I have left myself vulnerable. Okay. So within this month span of presenting the documentation to August, she's gotten rid of all of the crosses in yep. her room, all of the rosaries. Basically all of her religious ties, more or less. Anything that would protect her, so to speak, right. against this entity. Okay. So the nuns try to help her. They start to approach her and Clara begins freaking out. She starts running around the room, destroying things, yelling, and she's screaming at this unseen entity. And it's very interesting because a lot of my documentation that I found for this uh, story also the same thing. She's running around the room pretty much like a tornado, just destroying everything. And she's screaming, you have betrayed me. You have promised me days of glory, but now you torture me. So she's basically kind of like cursing whatever demon she's or the yelling devil that at is. the entity that has possessed her because well, the are pact, we sure are we sure that she's yelling at the devil or whoever's possessing her or is she yelling at god because god had promised her glory and that she has been led astray instead of in the articles that i've read it hinted more towards the fact that she basically made this pact with this entity or devil whoever yeah. it, it may be um the devil the entity that embodies her does say that his name is lucifer but i feel like uh, that's okay. a very common thing for entities and maybe it's to similar say. to the situation with the hat man where it's like that is like in my brain, a demon has possessed me, and now, of course, my brain is going to tell me that that demon is Lucifer. No, no, no. Lucifer. Like the demon actually speaks oh, uses her and as a says, I am Lucifer. Oh, but Jesus. I feel that a lot of stories similar to this, that that's not, not what demons do, but if they're going to portray somebody, they're going to pick the baddest one that yeah, everyone knows. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm the manager. So, I can help you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Um, so, basically, all the, the articles that I read had made it appear as if she had made this pact with this demon. Okay. The demon then possessed her and he wasn't delivering what he said he would. Interesting. So now she's running around her room. She's extremely ticked off. She's screaming at this entity. She's ripping her clothes, destroying everything in her path, making a ton of noise. And at this point, everyone from the mission has pretty much woken up yeah. and has come to her there. room to see what's yep. happened. So Clara, after a couple moments, was they were able to settle her down a bit. 
and Mother Superior orders two nuns and three older girls to watch Clara for the night. Okay. Mother Superior believes that this is just some sort of cry for attention. That They didn't bother to call the priest? They didn't bother to call the priest okay. in this one. Um, she, Mother Superior feels that she can handle it, that this is just a young girl seeking attention. I can see this that, going really well. <laughs> that their, her imagination is running wild. And that's the crazy thing about this is reading this now, we're like, oh, red flag, red flag, red flag. And all these people are like, no, no, honey, you just want attention. Everybody's so dismissive. I mean, don't get me wrong. Teenagers want attention, but this, this, <laughs> this is a little. If somebody's saying I'm being possessed by a demon, like you look into that a little. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> so that night, five the five women, the, the two nuns, and the three older girls spend the night with Clara. Okay. Does anything crazy happen? Safe to say, nobody's sleeping right. during this night. No, you know, absolutely not. Um, Clara has kind of settled down, and sh- her and the girls are actually. She's not speaking in tongues or anything yet, like that nope, yet, right? Nope. Okay. Um, Clara is actually up talking with the girls. They're kind of laughing, having and an she's okay still time. Like herself. Like she's still she's herself. in control of her faculties. She's still, yes, okay. she is still in control of her faculties at this stage of okay. the possession. So that night, you know, like I said, they're up talking. They're having somewhat of an okay time. Of course, you know, the five other women are keeping in the back of their head what just happened. But this is also a girl that they grew up with, essentially. So they know her, you know. So then the topic of religion comes up in their discussion. And Clara starts asking the nuns about their devotion to God. And it's unclear what was said in their answers. But this is it's at this point where things start to get very violent and oh where a bunch of red flags finally pop up for the people, for people here to at the mission. do something? Yeah. Okay. So at this point, I, I made a joke in my note. I wrote, at this point, ha ha ha, not the time where she confessed or presented her path to Father Christmas. <laughs> this point. So I made a little note to laugh at that. Um, but midway through the conversation, like I said, it is unclear what the nun said that upset her or, you know, I'm pretty sure Clara was just leading them into a trap anyways. So Clara, the 16 year old, like tiny person picks up these two nuns and just starts tossing them around the room with inhumane strength. Like she's picking these nuns up and And like Hulk smashing them them like he does with Loki. Yes. Yes. With these two older woman nuns. Wow. She's throwing them like rag dolls, but that's. From one side of the room to the other, she's tearing off their clothes and she beats them to almost unconsciousness. She kicks the crap out of these two nuns. Wow. It's basically a sleepover nightmare. Okay. Like nobody wants to go to a sleepover after this anymore. No, no. The other three girls who were there, because remember, there were two nuns and three older girls. Okay. They were petrified. Did they they just like freeze in the corner? They had their backs up against the wall. They had no idea what to do. They had no idea what the fuck was going on. This is the same thing that we talk about every single time in every episode. There is a point where when you see something like this happening or you're confronted with, with this reality, you're literally like, uh, uh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like and like, that's I don't. Re- my brain can't process this shit. That's ex- that's so what I wrote down I in my guess, notes. I guess I'm just gonna watch it unfold until somebody slaps me in the face yeah, or snaps me out did. of it. They didn't try to help. They it makes just sense. Stood there. I mean, like you know, some was- some people might blame them and say like, "Well, why aren't you helping?" But like, I think a very human reaction to something like this is to just sort of sit there stunned in silence just like kind of watching it unfold especially something that's that 
outlandish and yeah. otherworldly. And know? these are girls who are only, you know, 17, oh, 18. Yeah. They're just a little older than Clara. Right. They're not much older by any means. And if you see two nuns who are your authorities being tossed around like rag dolls, chances are you're going to try to keep out of it. Yeah. So again, it's at this point where people are like, hmm, maybe something's wrong with Clara. Maybe. Now would be a good time to maybe just like say like maybe we should revive we should take a peek at that contract that she had shown yep, us before yep. and see <laughs> digging through the trash. Oh my god! Um, so at this point, you know, people are starting to keep their distance from her. They haven't officially said that she's possessed or not. So uh, can I confirm something? Yeah. That night ends. That night ends. And as time goes on, people are like. Maybe we should just keep our space from Clara. Pretty much. They so don't that, bother to fucking do anything? No. So that night ends. She doesn't really get reprimanded for it that I could what find. What the hell are they going to reprimand her for? I think they're all a little... Uh, like I don't think that people really know what to do right now. They don't want to jump to an exorcism or her being possessed because that's such a huge leap. And that also shows that there's not... Not that there's not faith in, in the mission, but... It looks poorly on them if one of their own has become Fair possessed. Fair enough. So, okay, and I have one more question. Is mm-hmm. this another situation where, like, the Pope needs to, like, give permission to do an exorcism? So we'll get into that. Okay. Um, we later find out that there is a method to it. You can't just oh, you can't just straight up be somebody. like I exercise. There you. needs to be um, a certain string of events that yes, happen, right. and then something needs to get passed. That was so, why I was curious because, yep. like, you can't just go ahead and be like, no. "Okay, clearly we've got a demon on our hands." Like, call the no. Ghostbusters of the Vatican and have them come out here and perform an exorcism. No, it's not like that. Okay, um, so things. Go back to normal-ish. You know what I... Like, people are, are avoiding As normal her as they can as, be after yeah. you've tossed around well, two elderly nuns. And so strange things start happening around Clara. Okay. You know, so these are all documented incidences that have happened. So there are multiple incidences where fire would just erupt all around her. Holy shit. So, and it would start up as quickly as it would end. So I read about two pretty well-known instances where, one, it happened in the kitchen where she was with other people and she basically... And she's not just whole, a bad chef. No, the whole <laughs> kitchen just set up on fire. People ran out as to Did avoid getting burned. Burn? Things burned, but she didn't. Interesting. So, and the fire disappeared as so quickly. So she's like Johnny Storm. I don't know who that is. From the Fantastic Four. I didn't like that one. It's the guy, Chris Evans. I didn't like him in that. Oh. I didn't see it. Moving on. Okay. Another incident <laughs> that happened was in... So this one I found was really creepy. So... This incident, she the nuns walked in and found Clara sitting on her bed in a ring of flame. And these aren't the same nuns that she tossed around like nope, ragdolls. No, nope, okay. these are different nuns. <laughs> Those nuns decided they were never going <laughs> to go talk to They would be biased, yeah. But the bed sheets and the bed around her were burning, but she, her clothes and she was completely unscathed. Wow, okay. And she wasn't even phased by the fire. Like, she wasn't... Is she just sitting there, like, creepily staring? She like, would go into trances. Or whatever? So, right, um, pretty creeped out. Sometimes she would go into trances, and in those trances, she would speak fluently in German, French, Polish, and other European languages and that that's she never but had. That's very common with yes. Extras, I mean, with, again, um, these are people. These are people who had grown up with her, so they right. know who she's seeing, what At she's learning. At the age learning. of four, she's not learning German and other European no, languages. No, so she would just go into these languages and and spew off you know, obscenities and anything else that came to her mind. She was very vulgar. So people would also 
when people, when nuns and priests would go in to visit her, mm -hmm. they would obviously want to protect themselves. Right. So they would try to hide rosaries or crosses in their robes or on their bodies. Because if they um, had it visible, it would piss she, her off. She would get very uncomfortable and like would squirm and like scathe away and would be get very like angry uh. towards them. But when they hid them, she could still sense them anyways. Really? And she looked at one priest and was like, she, the quote basically was like, I know that that's in your pocket. You need to take it out. Wow. Okay. And he like had to leave it at the door. Like it All was, right. yeah. So she, with that, she actually had, so it's kind of crazy because with all this happening, she also became clairvoyant, so to speak. Apparently, yeah. She has like some sort of omniscience to her. And she would tell and divulge all of these deep secrets of the people who would come into the room. Wow. So it it got so bizarre that Father Erasmus um, went to France for like a vacation with other priests, I guess. Yeah. And she knew nothing of the trip, but was able to describe his exact trip in detail, who he met where he went and the things he had done to him and other people when he returned that she ended up reminding him about things of his trip that he had forgotten. So he had left to go on this trip. She knew nothing about and it. And he like, had he not been in contact with her the entire time, all of this stuff was escalating. And then finally, when he got back from the trip that she didn't know about, she went, he went and talked to her. Um, I'm not sure if he didn't have contact with her during this time, but yeah. it, it, it wasn't noted that they were like he wasn't involved in like trying to help her with whatever was going no, on. No, because again, point. they don't really they're, they're not acknowledging that something is actually yes, going on. They're just monitoring. Just monitoring the girl yeah, who's basically. randomly erupting in flames. Basically. We'll just keep an eye on it. Yeah. Probably not a big deal. Well, after all of these incidents <laughs> incidences, after Father Erasmus goes to France. The mission finally starts to believe that she's possessed and they decide that they have to put her through some tests just to be sure. Yeah. All these things are happening, but why not throw a test? I mean, yeah, let's make her do an exam. So the test that they had was holy water. Okay. They threw holy water at her to see what would happen. And? Okay. So as they're throwing water on her, every spot that the water landed in, her skin started to burn yeah. and bubble. That's pretty And typical. she would scream. So there's... Which is awful because obviously you see that she's having this horrible reaction and they just keep dousing her with holy water. Which, uh, it's terrible. And like the Exorcist movie, I feel, kind of like touches upon this. That like regardless of whether or not you are trying to do an exorcism, like it's never good because like the human is still the vessel for and still feeling the devil that pain. or the demon or whatever. And the person that is that has this entity inside of them is still, like you said, experiencing mm -hmm. the pain and experiencing the torment of being inhabited as well as having it ripped from their identity. It's like, <sighs> it's, it's real. Okay. So there's I a think reason this is the scariest. I posted, I posted on our Instagram that I had, I had to go to a therapist because I watched mm. the exorcist yeah. when I was a teenager and it really is like, it's the helplessness of it. And just, Everything that comes along with the fear of like 
you're kind of fucked. You're no longer in control. You're no longer in control, but something is living inside of you that is that is calling the shots. And in order to get it out, like you basically need to be tortured. But keep in mind, Clara did make this pact with him. Oh, she that, went that, looking that's victim for blaming. it. That's no, victim no, 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 blaming. No. I'm not victim she blaming. She was tempted. No, 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 no. <laughs> she wanted this pact. She, okay. she made this pact. If you say so. So they're throwing. <laughs> he tempted her with glory. I don't know. <laughs> She, <laughs> that works in this situation. So holy water is burning her. It's bubbling up her skin. Not um, fun. Not fun at all. At this point, they believe, okay, Clara's possessed. Something needs to be done. So she gets an A plus on the, te- on the first test. She passed with flying okay. colors. Um, and it was actually through this uh, state of throwing holy water at her that they found that when she was in a trance, if they threw holy water at her, it would pull her out. So pull her. So it would pull bring her out Clara the- back. Oh, if she was in a if trance, she a trance, would throw something at and her. And it would like break and it would the bring, trance. Okay. It's kind of like break the concentration. So so when she goes into these trances, she's sort of like completely inhabited by whatever this thing is. Yes. But she does but still have moments of lucidity where mm-hmm. she's still technically Clara. Yes. Okay. So we come to find out that when Father Erasmus went to France... He was actually kind of scouting out another priest to help him in what was happening back at the mission. Okay. So he brings um, this young priest back home with him to help in exercising Clara. All right. So at least at, at least he's sort of on it. Yes. So <laughs> this priest begins to help her. I right? don't like that. <laughs> I don't and... like whatever that little noise was foreshadowing. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, this priest is trying to help her, right? But he's young. The younger one. He's okay. new, um, newer to you know. This, I like how they send the art. fresh meat in to try um, and exercise her yeah. first. <laughs> so she becomes very erratic and crazy yeah. during one of the episodes. Um, to the point where the priest got so fed up that he slaps her across the face. Oh, my God. And I just want you to picture this, okay? So picture this young girl losing her shit. Yep. This man slapping her across the face, and her whole demeanor just changes for an instant. She She looks up at him, and she takes hold of his stole, which I had to look up. It's the scarf that they wear around their neck. Mm Mm-hmm rips part of it and begins to choke him out with it. <laughs> she eventually lets go of the priest. Wow. He's almost unconscious. He can't breathe. He's staggering across the room to get out. I mean, you don't out. slap a demon in the face. No, 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 no. Um, and he starts to cry. Oh, the poor guy. He takes off and never comes back. He's just I never heard from. I can't really blame but him. But I think that moment is just so terrifying because I can just picture it perfectly. Like, the slap and then our whole demeanor becoming so calm and looking up with like, Oh, you well, know, it's, it's, I do feel like that's another sort of not trope, but like another thing that um, is typical of like possessions. Um, not necessarily the like snap to now I'm going to strangle you, but I, I always feel like with the demons, there's always that moment where they're almost like satisfied with themselves when they get a rise out of whoever's mm-hmm. trying to, you know, dispel them from whatever vessel they're in, because it means like, ha, like you're not as holy and as, as like perfect as exactly. you sort of made yourself out to be and I am the reason that that foundation is crumbling it's like and a power like, trip it really is and like I feel like that happens that it's just literally that like power struggle mm. in a lot of these instances where 
it's always a, a priest trying to maintain their cool and a devil trying to just like be like, you can go fuck yourself. You're not as and hellier like, than and you like think. Just trying to taunt them into like forsaking their God and their belief mm-hmm. in, which is really interesting. It's like a battle of wills. It's crazy. It's, it's this whole, this whole exorcism is just, you'll see a lot of that to be honest with you. <laughs> um, so after this incident with the priest, Clara is finally put into her own private room. Oh, so she only has to she only has to toss around two nuns, set everything on fire and choke, choke out, out a, a priest, priest before they're like, yep. maybe we should put her by herself. Yep. So they put her in her own room Always far good to isolate away them. from the other girls in the mission. Yep. Um they didn't want the other girls to be injured, so they of course just put her in her own little spot, which well, I, a good I made a note to I made a note of bravo, you're so kind. <laughs> 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 Being sassy to that. But so they isolated her to her own private room. And as soon as she was moved away from the girls, the mm-hmm. other girls on the mission, everybody throughout the mission started to hear loud thuds ringing through the entire building like thunder. Ooh, is how chills. they described it. I don't like that. They could never figure out where it was coming from. Wow. Yep. But it wasn't like there, it wasn't emanating from her room or something. It, it was, was just everywhere. everywhere. It That's was everywhere. Okay. But what did emanate from her room, so whenever Clara was in her room and someone was in with her or she was in there by herself, it happened on both occasions, yeah. um, Clara's door and her and Clara's door would be shut. Yeah. It would be repeatedly struck from the outside while she was in bed. So a monk went to go check and see what was happening, but he couldn't find anything at all. That would be trying to get in. Like no one was there. There was no one at the door. But it was basically they think that it was some sort of whether it was the demon like just trying to be like I'm here and yeah. I'm coming in sort of speak. But that happened repeatedly where they would be in her room and it would sound like someone's trying to get in. That's terrible. Which is scary. But along with her door, other doors began making loud thuds. With no explanation, it got so bad that there was a point where a priest would walk up and down the hallways holding a gun to protect himself. Jesus. Because he's like, I don't know what's happening. Gonna shoot the spirits? I have to protect these girls. So he's, <laughs> picture this, he's walking down the hallways with this gun and he gets to Clara's room. She laughs, looks at him, and a direct quote is, the one who is inside of me is taking delight and pleasure in all of this. Yeah. End quote. Sounds about right. Yep. (laughs) So it's just, it's crazy. It's getting crazier. There would be endless nights of her making inhumane, guttural, animalistic noises and screams. Some say that it sounded like a beast. Her language would become more foul. She would cuss. One nun stated that no animal had ever made such sounds. Neither the lions of East Africa nor the angry bulls. At times, it sounded like a veritable herd of wild beasts orchestrated by Satan and formed a hellish choir. Holy crap. So this is multiple sounds of like animalistic screeches. and Which again, and, that's and something screams. where like typically like you hear multiple voices simultaneously mm-hmm. or what, but that's, it doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. And it, what's what gets even crazier is that this is all escalating, right. right? So this is all happening and escalating. And as she's making more noises, as the thuds throughout the house are getting louder, some people reported that she actually began to take on a physical change as well. Oh, absolutely. That many witnesses testified to. Um, that makes a lot of sense. She became very, um, like, not frail, but she became skinnier, right. thinner. Yeah. <laughs> this part I thought was really freaking creepy. 
Some instances, her neck would elongate and stretch out so far that the pressure would cause large lumps under her skin. And these lumps would later be seen moving around her body under her skin and then disappear completely. What the hell? Which like the I was scarabs like, in the mummy or whatever. That's exactly what I thought. And that is the most terrifying point of uh, that movie for me. Like that really creeps uh, me out. <laughs> that's terrifying. Some other reports was that she would just fall to the floor completely limp mm-hmm. and would roll on her her stomach and slither on the floor like a snake. That's not and cool the either. type of slither movement that she would make was so impossible for a human skeleton to make that it appeared that at times her body was made of rubber and when she did this she would also flick out her tongue and sometimes strike out at people like an actual serpent so one instance of her doing that a nun went down knelt down to like pray for her and tell and like help her that always goes well clara struck out and bit her and i don't (laughs) know the the validity to this but it was documented that the bite wound afterwards looked like two puncture wounds of a snake really so again, take that with your own discretion. Yeah, that I mean, like that um, definitely. It could be your canines, you know. Um, but that was just something I wanted okay. to to add in. I'm a spooky snake. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> spooky snake. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, it's interesting because this being one of the first documented cases, I feel like you already get so many of the tropes mm-hmm. of what happens with an exorcism case, like movements of a body that are physically impossible Mm -hmm. for a mortal person to be performing you know like it's just and more things like that happen it's so crazy okay so at this point it's early september the mission is fully convinced that she is full-on possessed and they oh you know Shame on these people. (laughs) I know. know. This all started in June and it's September. They fully believe that she's possessed. They get a petition for the exorcism and it is immediately presented and approved by Bishop Henry DeLali. I feel like the townsfolk of the um, Bloody Benders were quicker to try and figure out a solution to their problem. Think about it too. This is them admitting that it is someone they've had in their care since four. So there's a lot to it. But it's approved by Bishop Henry. He's the vicar apostolic of Natal. So he's like a high up guy. Sure. One of those dudes. (laughs) Big head honcho. Yeah. The assistant manager of the church. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So after the permission was granted to perform the exorcism, two Roman Catholic priests began the two-day exorcism on Clara Germana Sele. Okay. So now we're about to get into the actual exorcism. Okay. That was all the stuff just leading up into it. They're just poking at a bear more or less pretty much okay good so her exorcism was performed by reverend Mansweaty, who was the director of the saint michael's Mansweaty. Mis- <laughs> <You know? laughs> well it's funny when i was typing my notes i wrote out like man sweaty yeah. you know and then i looked up the word and i was like oh i wasn't too far off <laughs> um but his name is reverend sweaty he was direct the director reverend sweaty or reverend oh Mansweaty? i'm sorry reverend Mansweaty. okay he was the director of saint michael's mission and Reverend Erasmus, her confessor from the beginning. Okay, so he's the one from Germany. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they began exercising Clara Germana Sele early in the morning of September 10th, 1906. They broke for lunch around three and then continued well into the night. 
It's needed. They need a lunch. I'm sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. But like, and I get it. Don't get me wrong. You got to take, you got to take lunch. They need nourishment. But like, like, it's just the way that you phrased it makes me think that they're like, the power of Christ compels you. The power. Okay. And that's noon. Uh, What do we want to get for lunch? Like, are we thinking Papa Gino's or like, I just, what are you thinking, man? Sweaty. What do you want? I want a big grinder. Yeah. Big grinder. So they broke for lunch and then they (laughs) continued well into the night. Well, yeah. Yep. They broke again they to were, rest early that morning. They were real full off their lunch, so they, they were, had the energy they to go did. long into the night. They went long into the night. They broke again early that morning for a rest and then began again on September 11th at 8 a.m. in the morning. Okay. The full exorcism took two days to perform, and it was performed in front of over 170 people. Did they all like kind of gather around? So all these people were people from the mission, right. people from um, some neighboring communities, communities other priests, other nuns. And they, they just came to see to what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, and like they didn't bother to do it in any sort of privacy. I guess not. Okay. Not to the documentations that I found at okay. least. Um, so right before the exorcism began... Clara took a Bible out of one of the priest's hands and threw it to the ground. And she again tried to strangle that priest with his stole. (laughs) That didn't work. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh again. Like, I probably shouldn't be laughing at this, but like, maybe leave your stole off. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I know you, I'm sure it has some sort of religious properties that help keep you close to God or keep you safe. But like, no, no, no. You have to remove that. Demons are really strangly. Yes, they are very strangly. (laughs) notoriously strangly he survived they were able to to take him apart she's laying on this bed i should mention by the way she's laying on this bed okay so they managed to separate her from him so that he doesn't get strangled to death good um so during the exorcism all 170 plus people and the priests there witnessed and reported that throughout the two days of the exorcism clara levitated off the bed multiple times wow she would levitate horizontally. Yeah. She would levitate vertically. And there were some instances, and this just gave me chills. Ugh, this creeped me out. I had to stop researching the night I read this. Sometimes she would float up horizontally and her clothes would still be stuck to her body rather than naturally hanging down. Oh, so it's like, oh my God. So it was literally like there was a surface beneath her, like pressing her up instead of her... That's yep. what the terrifying fuck? and terrifying like, that detail, I feel kind of gives it more validity because if they were to just say, oh, she levitated. Oh, she went up. Oh, she went left and right and everything. Like, I feel like that detail kind of paints a picture in your head where you like you can imagine it happening. And that's so fucked up. So they said in the report that she would be able to contort and move her body in shapes that a human skeleton just couldn't do. And some reports that she turned into a snake, not physically, but metaphorically, as in her body would be so fluid and so noodle-like that it just wasn't humanly possible. Gross. So throughout the two days, she continued to make deep guttural noises, animalistic noises, and would speak to people who aren't even there. Both reverends continued to douse her in holy water and just chant over her. That was basically the whole exorcism. Okay. Um, Resulting in her becoming completely soaked by the end of it, to which at that point, the devil made one last, or the the entity inside her, made one last statement of him. Basically, he said, 
I'm going to leave her body, but I want to demonstrate my power first. Oh, geez. So after he had said that, her body levitated five or six feet off of her bed, which before it was only levitating. Like a couple inches or something? No, it was levitating between three and four feet. Oh, okay. So at this, so so this he a significant le- amount, but, but almost showing to the her his power, he brought her as high as he possibly could. Okay, and then slammed her back down onto her bed. Jesus Christ! And that was it. That was the end of the exorcism. The demon had left, and it was said to be successful. She had survived and was totally fine after that. Really? That was in September. Are you, is is more to come? Well, <laughs> I think there is. <laughs> okay. Um, and I guess, so that ended in September. She was cleared of the demon. Okay. She went about her life normal-ish, I guess. But it appeared that she wanted to start the new year off right. 1906 didn't go her way. So 19, January of 1907, she was like, you know what? I'm going to try again. And she made Do a second pact. pact with the devil. Oh my God. And became possessed again. Which is mind blowing because I'm sorry, you made this pact. The devil clearly didn't deliver and you were very upset. And then you were exercised and it was successful and you want to try again. But, Crazy. Yeah, mind blowing. Yeah, I don't know. So she didn't learn her lesson. I don't know. Uh, she became possessed again. And right off the bat, they were like, well, we're not, we've been to this rodeo. We're not doing it again. <laughs> they <laughs> exercised her immediately. And again, it took two days. The priest exercised her again. And this exorcism was also reported a success. So one difference between the two exorcisms, though, that that needs to be noted is at the end of the second exorcism, when the demon finally left her body, the room filled with a disgusting, foul-smelling odor. Oh, geez. Okay. And that didn't happen on the first one. Mm -hmm. The second time she was exercised, she awoke from the exorcism without any knowledge of what had happened. So I wonder if it was almost like the first exorcism, while deemed a success, was almost like a hibernation period or something like that for the demon, where it's like, I'm just going to be dormant for a Mm -hmm. short period of time, and then I'll come back once I get another another contract lined up. Which is crazy, though, because I would love to see what was inside her mind between September and January. Yeah, or even like if there was any strange occurrences or like behaviors. And it wasn't documented because right. they were like, oh, we did it. We're yep. fine. Bravo to us. Let's move on. Yep. And then it happens again. So um, some people argue that she had mental illness and none of this was an exorcism. It was just that she was mentally ill. See, uh, I feel However, like that's a typical response to anything that's like, they're like, okay, well, maybe she has schizophrenia or maybe she has like multiple personality disorder or something. But with that, the mission comes back and says, if it was that, she would have had that her whole life. It doesn't just go away. Not only and that, she exhibited but no signs beforehand and no signs after. That does not explain... Being able to speak in languages that no. you don't know, Levitate, nor does it explain fire, levitation, throwing fire. people. Well, and again, I am cu- I'm always curious with these situations of like, did this stuff really happen, or is it the legend building up? Like it, re- it really reminds me of that scene in Monsters Inc. where like all of the monsters are saying that they saw a human, and they're like, one of them picked me up with its laser vision and shook yeah. me like a dog, and it's like. <laughs> Okay, so so does everybody just say like, well, she was she was 
wiggling around yeah. like some kind of boneless snake or like, I don't well, know why everybody's got like some weird southern accent when I'm talking about these Well when people. I first it's awful because I had the same thought when yeah. I first read this my immediate thought was like okay well she pissed off the priest and he's just painting her as this person like that was my you know like how You don't know you don't with know. these stories You really don't but what we do know is that this was all documented but not documented with like photographs no, or documented, documented and written right. Um, it was 1906, so... It's always convenient that there's never any photographs. I know, I know. Uh, there actually is an amazing video, if you want me to show you, of another exorcism. That was the that one that you were listening scary. to the other well, day, Well, that's right? another one. Oh, I listened... Yeah, I'll have to... I'll, we'll open that soapbox later. But, <laughs> um, so people did. They argued that ment maybe she was mentally handicapped or mentally ill, but again... That doesn't that explain everything. That stays with you your whole life, too. That doesn't just go away. Right. Um, it doesn't explain anything that water. really happened to the burning of the skin. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't explain. So Clara went on uh, to live a normal life after the second exorcism and well, was actually good. embarrassed by the exorcism. Um, she well, tried. I, mean, I feel like that makes sense because like you don't want to be the person who's identified as the girl who needed an exorcism. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because like, now that identifies her. Exactly. 170 plus people exactly. just saw all of that, you know? Not only saw um, all of it, but like now she's, she, regardless of whether or not she goes on to be like a good Catholic woman, like that's what she'll be remembered yep. as, which is heartbreaking. Um, but she tried to it's live, you know, humbly and quietly She shouldn't have been until she, it, no, she shouldn't have, but she lived the rest of her years humbly and quietly until she passed away in 1912 at the ripe old age of 22 oh, due sucks. to heart failure. Wow. Which was very interesting because at that time, people thought it was very, very strange for such a young, quote unquote, healthy woman to pass away at heart failure. So they didn't know if maybe the possession had somehow played a role in weakening her heart. I mean, you would think um, that any way, shape or form of having some sort of demon possess you would just be so in all taxing. of the movements that were happening right. with her body and and such and, so and is it so like was it ever documented on whether or not she was injured after the fact like after these exorcisms what like it wasn't like she had broken bones or like she had scarring no from i these. mean they stated that her body became rubbery so i i don't i don't know i guess maybe I so she's like kind of like an Elastigirl situation. Yeah, like so I'm she's thinking not like actually maybe nothing injured. broke. Um, but again, possibly, but I didn't find anything in my research about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, that is the the exorcism of Clara Germana Sele, the most documented exorcism that we have now. Goddamn. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, uh, I have my opinions on... Don't get me wrong. I understand that there's a chain of command when it comes to having to do an exorcism, but like... <sighs> oh, they I dropped always... the ball multiple times. And like, it's almost like it's something that happens with police officers as well, like especially in these early days in history where it's like, we don't want this stuff to get out. So like, we can't we can't really admit that something is going on. We can't admit that there's a serial killer on the loose or that we don't know yeah. the, the situation well, again, or that we don't have a handle on it. Onto... Exactly. And, and that ego and pride always ends up leading people to make horrible decisions, not only horrible decisions, but like take time that could have been used to address and, and stop the situation from escalating before it really got bad. And just like turning it into, you know, uh, 
crazy snake lady who's and trying to choke people out instead yeah. of instead of just being like, okay, well, clearly this girl needs some help. Let's let's try and do something about and it. And that's what a couple of the um the articles that I read about her exorcism in particular is that she came multiple times for help. She exactly. Did. She and whether asked or not she the first time she asked for help and the second time she's saying, like, okay, this is what is here, like Regardless of her motives or why she did it, she to just still, dismiss her. She still went to somebody and said, "This is what's happening," right. and was ignored. This multiple is my. Times. This is where I, my mind is taking me. It's just. It's sad that nobody was willing to, to actually her. do anything yeah. more than just sit her in a room with a couple of nuns and some of her elders and just be like. All right, we'll keep an eye on you, but if you if you start throwing us around like rag dolls, you're on your own. Yeah, yep. So that's nuts. Yep. So that's the story of uh, Clara Germana. Well done, Sele, Luna. The 16 year old exorcism. Thank you for telling me that story. It's, yeah, of course. I hope you can uh, sleep tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, that one. Part of me. Okay, want to hear something horrible? Yes. Part of me was thinking. I love horrible. How things. funny would it be? And this is elaborate. But if I bought one of those blow up dolls and like left some of it noodly, but also blew it up and then hung it from the ceiling at night and no. closed the lights off. No, no, no. And then you would turn the lights on and be like, what the hell is did that? Did I ever show you the video of the yes, guy? Yes, you did. From the, is it, wasn't the it ring. the ring? Where he makes a huge puppet that Dedication. he puts over the TV. So it looks like the girl from the ring is coming out of the TV. And it's like a night or two after him and his girlfriend or whatever had watched it and it looks like their bedroom is in like a basement or something like that it's terrifying and he fucking he's sitting on the stairs recording himself and her and like he's just sitting with the tv on with like the static trying to move this puppet so it looks like it's crawling out of the tv and she's not reacting and so he goes and she wakes up and sees the thing like wiggling at her which i don't care who the hell you are or what the situation is even if you didn't divorce even if you didn't watch the ring immediately before if you woke up to seeing something like trying to wiggle its way out of your television you'd fucking scream and run and that's exactly what the girl does so i'm not surprised but divorce yeah i okay well just bear that in mind. If you go and get an inflatable <laughs> thing and hang it from the ceiling, divorce. Divorce is on the horizon, You'll just Luna. just play this episode. I'm just going to say, you said it, divorce. You said it, divorce. <laughs> I just thought it'd be fun. All right. Do you have a would you rather for today's episode? Uh, yes. Can I do one? Oh, okay. Sure. Would you rather have the ability to transform into a snake woman okay. and be able to slither around or... Be able to conjure fire around you whenever you want it. Ooh, conjure fire. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, it's an easy one. What about, what about okay, you? what about throw people around like you're the Hulk? I can already do that. Or conjure fire. Conjure fire. Again? I can already throw people in <laughs> No, the... you can't. <laughs> you don't you're know what I can do. You're such a tiny human. You don't know. <laughs> when I get into my possessed state, I just start tossing them like candy. Candy? Yeah. You forget, Who tosses you candy? You really excited. You, you just start throw candy? candy. No. You never I, did that for Halloween? I get really excited and eat candy. No, no, no. Would you make it rain candy yes, on Halloween? Yes, you dump out your bag and then you sit in the middle of it and you go, and you throw it around. No? No. Okay. Just well, you. Just me. That's fine. There are other people out there like me. I'll find them. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Oh, Jesus. Um, what would you rather do? Between those Throw two? Throw people around or start fire? Ooh, I don't want to hurt anybody. So if I, could, if I could just randomly pyro, I'd probably do that. 
As long as I'm not burning anybody I care about. Would you rather spend... Ooh, ooh, I got some good... Okay, combining some episodes okay. here. Would you rather spend a week in the Crescent Hotel with the hat man leering over you every night? Come on. So you're going to double down? Or, yep. Or would you rather take a train through the Huzak Tunnel, again, bringing it back, <laughs> to the mission in South Africa... You can't and take a train from um, from Massachusetts to South Africa. Shh. <laughs> We're gonna invent this. Take a train to the mission. I think just having, I think just and between the Crescent spend, Hotel. Hold on, and spend three days in the same room with Clara. So three days with Clara uh, after going through the Huzak oh, Tunnel, God. or a week at the Crescent Hotel with the Hat Man. Okay, every night. so I've got to say. Something about possessions is just too much for me. Mm. I don't like the idea of the hat man. All right. I'm not a fan of that. I don't want to feel like something's watching me all the time when I'm sleeping. Ugh, that's a tough one. I feel like I would mind it less if I was to do the Crescent Hotel with hat man mm -hmm. simply because I feel like with the Crescent Hotel, I wouldn't be as scared that I'm going to be possessed mm. or have some sort of entity like come over me. But I do feel like being in close proximity to a possession case like kind of puts you at risk yeah. of being possessed. Maybe it might go back to my fear of the original Exorcist movie where <laughs> at the end, the spoilers, the demon ends up jumping into the priest and flings him out the window and he ends up dying on the front lawn of the people's house or whatever. So like, I'm not about possessions. Possessions just don't vibe with me. Like I can't handle can't do possessions. Can't do it. I'd rather be in any spooky location for any amount of time than have to be exposed to a possession, mm. than have to be in the same room, mm. the same house, the same state <laughs> as somebody who's possessed. The same planet. I just I can't say, do it. I agree with you there. I bought this beautiful Ouija board. Ouija board. Spirit board. Spirit board. And after watching like three possessions on YouTube with a spirit board, I was like, nah, I don't know if I really want to play with that anymore. They just kind of creep me out too. Absolutely. I, I, I totally understand that. I would pick the Crescent Hotel. I also just really want to go to the Crescent Hotel. Of course you do. Um, all right. But did you have somebody that you wanted to shout out for today's episode? I do. Okay. So this week's episode shout out goes out to Joyful Jen Yoga. Okay. She shared our podcast for us. Awesome. Which, thank, thank you, Thank you Jen. so much for that love. And she wrote in saying, this is in regards to episode four, The Hat Man. Yeah. She wrote, so cool. I've had shadow people nightmares two nights in a row. Damn you. Right. I never have true crime nightmares. <sighs> well, so. I'm sorry that if I'm sorry if for some reason we may have triggered your shadow people on uh, nightmares. Invest in candles. It yes, works. Yes. <laughs> at the very least, get some electronic candles so that you can keep the lights on at night. Then she goes on to uh, shitting on me for never seeing Ghost. Um, ghost the movie? Ghost the movie. Okay. Yeah. With love. <laughs> um, I'm going to add it to my list to do. Yeah, absolutely. You need to see Ghost. Um, but thank you so much, Jen. We love you. We appreciate so you much. sharing. And if you want to get a shout out on our episode, what you could do is just share our podcast. Sharing with is people caring. That you love, people that you hate, people that you just met. Um, Share it. Yeah, that's all we really want because the more people that know about us, the more we can keep, keep doing, doing this. this. And we really like doing this. And yeah, we're having a lot of fun. And so, like, really, what we just need you guys to do, if 
if you want to show us some love is either rate and review on iTunes or share our podcast on social media so that other people get to know about us. And if you want to find us on social media and see what we're up to, maybe outside of true crime, maybe see what our producer's up to, Jasper, um, you can find us at All The Nopes Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And... If you want to submit a story of something that's happened to you, maybe you've seen some shadow people or maybe you've, I don't know what. Maybe you've gone through an exorcism or know someone who has. I hope to God you haven't. But if if you you have, have, you can send us a DM on Instagram or Facebook, or you can send an email to atnpodcast at lostwoodstudios.com. Whatever's easier for you. And for any other information or photos or anything like that in regards to today's episode, you can check out lostwoodstudios.com. That's where we basically do little blog posts and everything about each of the episodes. And yeah, that's that's episode six. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Thanks a lot, Luna. Yeah, no problem. All right. So is that it? That's it. That's we all I've got. Off? We're signing off. So you get to say your sign off. Yeah, I do. <laughs> stay safe and stay spooked, friends. All right. I'm still working on mine for next week. I'll have one good. But we no love pressure. you. No pressure. <sighs> Why don't you, you want to tell people that you love them? Because I want to know them first. Okay. Well, I appreciate every single one of you, and I love the thought of you. But I love you. It, <laughs> it's just... kind of like, so it's a lot like Luna is a cat who loves the idea of you mm. being there, but she's very, first you need to like really pay your dues in order for her to love you. No. Meanwhile, I'm a dog where I'm like, person, I love you. I and... love people <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> All right, whatever. I love you all. We will see you again. I love that Nick loves you all. Oh God. (laughs) All right, that's it. I think we're. I think we're out. Okay. All right, we're good. All right. Bye. Bye.